Thank you for checking out the Mercy Hill Church Sermon Podcast. If you would like to know more about Mercy Hill, you can visit us on the web at mercyhill.cc. This morning, we're going to be back in the book of Ephesians. Last week, um, we heard from Greg Sweeney, which was really cool to hear from him, uh, Jakin's uh, U.S. father uh, from Nebraska. And so we're going to continue. We've been going through the last couple months, um, basically, what is the purpose and the nature of the church? And it's based out of Ephesians. And so this morning, we're just going to go through this question, which is, who are we, the church, in relation to the Holy Spirit? So we can turn, we're going to start in Ephesians chapter 2, and then we're going to kind of make our way into just chapter 6 and focus on there. Before that, let me pray. Lord, thank you for um, this morning, God, and that we can just gather as your people, Lord. We're grateful for um, just your, your presence among us and working in us, Lord. Um, Father, we're grateful for the, the, the mothers who just sacrificed so much, um, Lord, and we pray you'd bless them, God. I pray just for this morning that your word would go forth, God, and would change us from the inside out. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Ephesians 2, 21 through 22. If I can get there, I'll flip through that one. So Paul, Paul's talking to um, the church in Ephesus, and, and he says in verse 21, he says, <clears throat> um, in 20, built, so the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure, being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by his Spirit. So when thinking about the, who is the church, who are we as Mercy Hill, as just a body of believers in relation to the Holy Spirit, what Paul is saying here is that because of, of, of Christ and through him, he, he has built us into a temple of the Holy Spirit. And so as we go through, the kind of overarching thing in your mind is, as a church, we are a, a, a temple, and we've been made that way because in the, in the Old, Old Testament, people went to the temple. Now because of Christ, uh, we become the temple, and, and, and we go out. But what, is, what does this mean for our church? And when I was thinking about it, I thought, how amazing is it that God has chosen uh, to place His Holy Spirit within us as believers, but also among us as His church? Because every, every week when we gather, it gives us this opportunity to come expectant, knowing like the Lord is with us when we gather. He is among us working. We come together we, to worship the Lord through his power and presence of the Spirit, to encourage one another with words and testimonies. When people come up and share in the morning, it's not just that um, they want to do it, but rather they come up and they feel led by the Spirit to share something that is to encourage. Maybe it's just one person that needs to hear somebody. So as a place where God dwells among us, it's just amazing to see that happen. To pray for one another, I think that, that's super encouraging. After just the service ends even, and people are praying for, for one another, for whether it's healing, um, they need comfort, whether it's a joyous occasion, People praying for one another, that is evidence of the Spirit working among us as a body of believers and to receive life from one another, even if it's just a simple encouragement and to, and to bless each other and give, give life. 
We are this temple, and this is a picture. These are some practical things, what it looks like. So right in the beginning, I just want to encourage us as a church, continue to do these things because the, the body needs it. It blesses the Lord, and it's worship unto the Lord is what it is. We're worshiping the Lord when we do these things and when we gather. And when we leave here, I think it's just as important because we gather together and the Holy Spirit is among us. When we leave those doors, it's not like he stays here and, and that's it, right? Because the, the Spirit is working inside us as believers, but he's also going before us and making the way. And it's thanks uh, to Jesus Christ why we have, have the Spirit dwelling among us as a, as, a, as a church. And so... Like we can ask the question, how, why is it that we become uh, a temple of the Holy Spirit? And it's through Jesus Christ, because without Jesus uh, being raised from the dead by the power of the Spirit and, and ascending, and, and doing that, leaving us his, his Spirit as the helper, we wouldn't have the Holy Spirit, right? He promised that to us. And I think that's even more of an encouragement, because if Christ didn't... Um, live the way he did if Jesus Christ didn't walk among us and, and care for the, the sick and the poor and all these things, obeying the Spirit, then he, he died and he was, he was resurrected, right? The, the gospel, it's, he was led by the Spirit every step of the way in obedience to the Father. And because of this, because he, he's left, he's ascended, he's, he's given us the gift of the Spirit to work in our lives, to work among us. And, and, and and for me, when I think about this, it gives me hope and joy. Because I think, man, what if Jesus left and that was it? And we had no, we had no helper, but simply um, we're just praying to a God because there is other religions where that's what they do, right? It's almost like they're here on earth and they're by themselves and they're just praying and doing things to try and earn their way or work that way. But through Jesus Christ, we don't have to earn our salvation. But on top of that, we have the Spirit working with us who, who provides hope and joy and patience and kindness and all these things in our lives. And that is a beautiful picture of His church. When we think of who we are in relation to the Spirit, we're a place of hope, a place of joy because of that. We're a place where Spirit dwells, where, where Jesus is, is worshipped through song, through word, through encouraging one another, through testimonies, all these things. It's to glorify Jesus Christ because not only are we the temple of the Holy Spirit, but because of that, we are on mission. Because the Spirit leads us to all truth. Jesus tells his disciples, the Spirit will come and he'll lead you in all truth. And if Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, then who is the Spirit leading us to? It's Jesus Christ. To glorify him. And that's a mission in itself. To, to live our lives to glorify Jesus Christ in all we do. So because of the Spirit, He now sends us out. When I talk about leaving those doors and He goes before us, it's not that we go out there and He's with us and um, he, he does comfort us and, and, and provides that, that help, but also it's help to go on God's mission. And God's mission is really it's to restore and redeem a people for Himself, for His namesake. If it's summed up, it's bigger than that. There's, there's parts to it. But He's been on mission since the beginning of time through now. And it, and it climax in Jesus Christ to restore his people. And now we have redemption through Jesus Christ and his blood on the cross. And so we're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit to go out and be witnesses as a part of God's mission. And in Acts 
1.8, Jesus talking to his disciples and, um, about the Holy Spirit, he says, you will receive power when the Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. That's what he says. He says, the Spirit will give you power to be my witnesses in Judea and Samaria, the ends of the earth. So as, as, a, as a church, in relation to the Spirit, we, we gather together to worship, to encourage, and to glorify Jesus and we also live to glorify him for the sake of other people, that we would be a living testimony of what Jesus Christ is doing in our lives, that we would be witnesses like he told his disciples to do thousands of years ago, to leave, to leave these walls, to love uh, your neighbor, your friends, your family's people, to, to do your job, whatever that is, um, your work to the glory of Jesus Christ so that others would be drawn to you. Because in the Old Testament, the temple was also a place where people were drawn to it. There was foreigners who would come to, to, to see the temple. Solomon prayed, Lord, if a, for, if a foreigner prays to this temple, would, would you hear his prayer? But now we're the temple. And so the Spirit is, is using us in our lives to glorify Jesus in hopes that people would see that hope and the joy we have, even in the midst of our pain, I think that's even bigger, is in the midst of pain and things we go through, that we're honest and we live authentically, it's easy to hide things and just kind of of bundled up, but I think even more so people are drawn to that, because people, it's easy to create kind of this uh, facade, if you will, of what life looks like, but really it's, it's more real than that. So we thank you, Holy Spirit, that he is with us in this. When we're on mission, um, there's, there's oftentimes obstacles that come to, who's seen like the Mission Impossible movies? Anybody seen those? Or any kind of spy movie? I mean, any kind of action movie, right? There's a goal in a mission, like those movies with Tom Cruise and he's doing this crazy stuff, but there's always like an end goal. He's pretty much saving the world in every single one, you know? Um, but there's an end goal to it. And along the way, no matter what, he always faces opposition, right? He always faces the enemy. And that's what it is. When, you, when you're on mission, when you're going on mission, you face opposition. And Paul knows this. So at the end of Ephesians in chapter 6, this is why he writes this, this part to encourage, encourage the church and, and make them aware that, hey, you have the Spirit helping you in, in, in this mission to live out a life for Jesus Christ. But at the same time, you have to know we aren't fighting against flesh and blood. Um, but we're also fighting against the, the powers of the air. And I just want to read it. It's, it's verses 10 through 18. Paul says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace." In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, 
which is the word of God. In verse 18, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And there's a lot there. And this morning, we just want to zoom out and see, take a look at this big picture that Paul is painting, which is simply this. As we are uh, people on mission by the power of the Holy Spirit, we face opposition and enemy. We're engaged in a spiritual battle. But the hope is this. We've been equipped for victory by the power of the Spirit in our lives. So when Paul paints this picture and he's giving these metaphors and these kind of illustrations of, of having faith and peace and all these things, the big outlier is that we've been equipped. He's saying we've been equipped by this power of the Spirit dwelling in us, who's going before us to overcome the enemy, to overcome darkness. And as we live out obedience to Christ in our lives and live this mission, we also face things that oftentimes uh, come in front of us that we feel like, how are we going to overcome this? Because why does it seem like it's so difficult at times, right? You think, well, okay, we've been equipped and empowered by the Spirit. We can do this. But then things come and you're like, I can't handle this. I can't do this. Have you ever experienced this? Something in your life that's totally made you want to jump ship or made you want to just quit and be like, Lord, you know what? It's probably easier if I just don't follow you. This is a little bit further down in that road because I've, I've done that and I've, I've had those thoughts. But when I was at Visible studying um, there, leading up to it, I felt like this is what the Lord wants me to do. Like all signs pointed to it. Originally, when I was at home, I wanted to um, just go to school online because it's cheaper. And I was uh, serving at my dad's church. And he was like, you know what, you should really go to school. I'm like, all right. So I'm looking at schools. And so um, I go to Visible and I feel like this is where the Lord wants me. And I'm studying and I'm, and I'm a church and leading and just learning so much and the Lord is working me. But all along the line, I keep having thoughts where I'm like, is this actually what I want to do? Is this actually what I should do? Man, like working a church, I could do something else. I can make more money somewhere else. You know, I could do, I could do this and, and be a better provider for a future family. All these questions pop in my mind and I just kind of throw them to the side. But a lot of times I question, why am I even here? What am I doing and it wasn't just me putting those thoughts, but it was at, at, at the time I look back, um, I, was, I was engaged in a battle because as, as a corporate body of believers, uh, we have an enemy that's individually keeping us from doing what the Lord has called us to do. Whether you're at home as a, as a mother and you face um, just tendencies where you're like, I'm not good enough, or you're at work and you're like, I can't accomplish what I want to, or you, you think as a, as a father, I can't provide for my family. We face these kind of things. Sometimes we put it in our own head, but we have to be aware that at large, we are engaged in battle, but the encouragement is what Paul says in these verses, in, in these verses and the picture he's painting, that we're equipped by the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit to overcome these things. And in verse 18, I think this is one, he gives us these tools, but in verse 18, he starts to talk about prayer. And it kind of all culminates in that. And so let me read verse 18 again. He says this, as a church, he says, we pray, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. So as a church, we pray for one another 
And when people share things, that gives us things. Lord, I know what to pray for as a church at large. I have enough going on in my own life. But when people, somebody shares something in the morning, and they're like, I need help, I can't do it. Just pray for them. Pray, pray for them on behalf, behalf of the saints. Also, individually, I think the cool thing about prayer is this, that it's fighting against the status quo in, in life. When I, what I mean by that is that the status quo is that things can't change in this life. Like, things are just the way they are. That's how life is. Hey, you can't handle it. Deal with it. Overcome it. When we think about prayer... It's going to the Lord in faith and asking God, change the circumstance. I can't do it, Lord. I need you. Would you change the circumstance? And when I was graduating Visible and trying to figure things out, I graduated, I had you know, a degree, and I'm thinking, Lord, I, I know I want to be in the church, but now I'm home and I'm working construction and, and doing these things, not, and I'm serving at my dad's church but ultimately, I'm like, I want to be full-time minister. I want to do all these things and, and, and be a part of your, your body and serve the church. And it was really hard. I just remember praying a lot in those first two months when I graduated. And, and there was doubts and, and fears in my mind. And then at the end of that, I get a call from John. And it's, hey, you think you'd be interested in coming to Mercy Hill? You know, it's just kind of like, it seems so simple. I'm like, man, like, and all those doubts and in the midst of all the thing and and. That's just one prayer on top of many in my life. So I'm sure you can think of a time where you're like the littlest thing where the Lord just answered a prayer and continues to do that. But from that, eight months later, I, I'm, I'm here. Um, and in the midst of it, it was difficult because I'm also praying like me and Brooke aren't engaged. So it's this weird time in my life. But prayer works and the Lord answers prayers. That was a huge prayer. Like it wasn't just that I would serve a church um, it was also that I would be able to provide for my family and, and do these things. The Lord answered a ton of prayers I didn't even think of in the midst of that. But it was through perseverance, like Paul says in verse 18. He says, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance. Then in verse 19 and 20 at the end here, Paul then turns it to himself, the situation he is in. He says, and pray also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. And this is coming from a guy who's in jail at the time, who's literally in chains, who needs to rely on the Spirit for dependence and, and, and power, and even before here, he's been chased out of Jerusalem for proclaiming the gospel, He's been um, hated on by Pharisees and people who want to kill him. And he perseveres, and it's through prayer, and not just himself, but asking the, the church to pray for him. He's calling on the church in Ephesus, pray for me, to do what? To do what he knows he's supposed to do. It's not like, pray for me that I know something new I'm supposed to do. He knows he's supposed to proclaim the gospel, to be a witness to Jesus Christ. But he also knows that he faces uh, fears, natural fears in his walk with the Lord. He faces things that he can't, he can't withstand on his own. So he's asking the church to pray for him. And this morning, I just, I just want to encourage the moms because it's Mother's Day. And when I think about this verse, Paul's being really honest in this verse because he knows he can preach, and it's not that he hasn't been, right? He's been preaching, playing churches, and people are coming to know the Lord in our own lives 
I think we can face um, natural fears and tendencies, and I've, I've talked about a little bit of them. But if, for instance, that as, as a mom in your home, and you know like you're raising ch- children, and you're with them a lot. So you know you're supposed to be patient with your kids, but they drive you crazy. Or maybe it's you know you're supposed to love your kid when they're being like, you know, I hate you, mom. Man, I probably I said that to mom before, you know. And she still loved me through it. And it wasn't just on her own she could do it, but it was by the Lord helping her. Because I think the natural tendency is to be like, whatever, and walk away. And, I, and maybe moms here have felt that before. I don't, I don't know. We don't have kids yet. But um, it, it, I think that's a natural fear and tendency. I think it's also that maybe I'm going to fail at parenting. Everything I do, it feels like at the end of the day, like, oh, I did that wrong or I did that wrong. I, I feel like, what, what is going on here? Our natural tendencies are, are to feel like we're failures. And I think that's where the enemy can oftentimes slip in and be like, yeah, you are. You are a failure. He can slip in in, in in these little things. But what Paul is saying in the encouragement is saying, know that we're engaged in this, in, in, in this battle, but know that the Spirit is with you. So when you're at home and you, you are the person, you are the mom to that child, you have a specific purpose to that person, know that you're not alone. Because the Spirit is with you. The Holy Spirit is guiding you, encouraging you, giving you hope and joy that, Lord, I hope my kid turns out good one day. <laughs> or, you know? And by the power of, of the, in the presence of the Holy Spirit, I believe he will because I, I mean, made my own thoughts a lost cause at one point when I was just crazy, like just off the rails in high school or just being whatever. And, and now, I, I mean, I've turned out okay, which is good, so... I married a really a Christian girl. That was like my dad's prayer. Just marry a Christian girl, Corey. You know, so that happened. He was praying for me. I was praying. But the Lord answers prayers, and He empowers us by the Holy Spirit. And so I just wrote this prayer that um, kind of summarizes this this idea, and maybe individually, it's a prayer that could could just help you. A simple simple thing. Because really this morning, it's, it's a broad look at who are we in relation to the Spirit. We're the temple. We're a place where He dwells. When we leave here, the Spirit is, is with us. Don't neglect the Spirit's doing in your life. But also knowing we're, we're engaged at large just as a church and individuals, that, that there's an enemy. It's real because we're on mission to live lives, uh, to live out the gospel for people in hopes that they would be, be drawn to us what we do or that we would go out to them that they would come to know the Lord Jesus as their Savior who can change lives, who's changed my life, who provides hope and joy. It's easy to be a good person without the Lord. You can be a good person with the Lord, but that's not the point. The point is we need a Savior. We need to be saved from our sins. We need to be redeemed by the blood of Christ and the work he's done on the cross. And that's the gospel. Because there are good people in other religions you think, of just across the world that do amazing things. And that is a testimony of them as a person. But I still look, I'm like, there's people who do more amazing things than me. And I think, man, they still need Jesus Christ. They need to be saved by him. So this is a prayer that is encouraging to me and hopefully to you. It's just this, that, Lord, I know what I'm supposed to do and what I'm called to do. But I need you to help. I can't do it on my own. Lord, help me not to succumb to my natural fears and tendencies, 
but to rely on the Holy Spirit so that I can proclaim the gospel and live out God's mission, knowing that I'm empowered and equipped by the Holy Spirit to do so. I mean, I could pray that every single day. I felt like we need that prayer just in itself. Lord, help me. Help me to do what I know I'm supposed to do, God, to love my wife, Father, to support my family, to raise my kids right, to be a good neighbor, to be a good brother or sister or um, cousin or father, whatever that looks like. Lord, we need help as a church, and we can't do it our own, but thanks be to God that he's given us his Holy Spirit to do so. The Holy Spirit is with us as we live out God's mission as a church. And let's not forget that he's fighting for us and that he's going before us as a church. So I just want to pray for us this morning. Lord Jesus, Father, thank you. God, thank you that your spirit is working in our church, God. Even this morning, Father, we sense you working as we celebrate our moms and and just testify to their work in our lives. As other weeks, we share testimonies, God, of of pain and and sorrow, of, of joy, God, every end of the spectrum, Lord. Your spirit is at work, Father. I pray you would give us boldness and courage, Lord, to pray for one another, God, to look at large who who we can pray for and, and just turn our hearts towards. Lord, I pray that we would notice as a body of Christ together, um, Father, and in the world, we are at, at large um, engaged in a spiritual battle, Father. We have an enemy who, who's Satan, Lord, but we have been equipped by the power and the presence of the Spirit, to overcome that darkness, Father, by loving people, God, of of sharing that hope and that joy into lives of people who don't know you. Father, in that mission, as we join the Spirit, we are overcoming darkness, God. When someone chooses you and chooses life, Father, the, the enemy is defeated, even though he has been defeated already, Lord. And we thank you for that. We thank you for what Jesus Christ did on the cross, Lord. That he, uh, Father, paid the the debt for our sins, Lord, where he just showed us grace upon grace because we didn't deserve it. But, Father, through your love for us, you sent him. And for the glory of your own name, Father, he died on that cross, but he rose again by the power of the Spirit that dwells in us, Father. He rose again, Father, and we have hope of eternal life, to be in the presence with you forever. And so, Lord, we're grateful for that. I pray for each of us as a church individually, no matter what we're going through, Lord, that you would send us out by the power of your Spirit, Lord, that when we're at the end of ourselves, we feel like, God, it's just one thing after another. When we're at the end of ourselves, Lord, that we would simply turn to you and pray, I need you, God. I can't do this, Lord. Would, Would your Spirit help me, Father? And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.